reading this morning comes from Matthew's Gospel in the 28th chapter. Let's listen for God's word for us here today. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was just dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know you are here looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has been raised, as he said. Now come, see the place where he lay. But then, go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and also great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him and took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There you will see me. This is the word of God for us here today. Thanks be to God. There is this wonderful French turn of phrase that I am probably about to butcher because French and I do not get along. (laughs) But it, it wonderfully sets the scene of this Easter story. The phrase, I've been practicing, the phrase is entre chien et loup. It doesn't look like that, but that's what it's supposed to sound like, I think. Entre chien et loup. It means between wolf and dog. It describes that time of day when it is difficult to distinguish between a wolf and a dog. That time at twilight, at dusk, but also at dawn. These are times of uncertainty and ambiguity, a liminal space where what is known and familiar may in fact be unknown and fearsome. It's both a description of a time of day and metaphorically of a time of life when what may be clear and distinct at other times is now vague and ambiguous and dangerous. Is that a cute puppy over there out for a morning stroll? Or is it a wolf looking for breakfast? And that's where the Easter story takes place, dropped into this uneasy hour when the early risers still aren't sure whether their eyes are deceiving them or not. Perhaps the two Marys had heard that there were guards at the tomb. Perhaps they were wondering as they went there how they would convince the guards to to allow them to go inside. And even if they could convince the guards, perhaps they were wondering, how are we going to remove that stone from the tomb? How are we going to do that? There's this ferocious uncertainty that prowls in the beginning verses of this scripture between wolf and dog. Now, The idiom, apparently, applies both equally to dusk and dawn, because both dusk and dawn are these times of of uncertain lighting. But dusk and dawn are not the same thing. And uh, 
I learned this very viscerally a few months after Whitney and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia from Oregon. One of the things that we really missed about being on the West Coast was sunsets over the ocean. If you've never had a chance to see this, it is a, a remarkable and beautiful thing. The sun slowly descends into the ocean like a glowing red playground ball that kind of falls off the edge of the world. And what it leaves behind is this kind of purple and pink and orange sky that's just gorgeous until it fades gradually into night. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing that can really take your breath away. But we move to the other side of the country, and sunsets over the ocean are not geographically possible on the East Coast. So we got it in our minds that we would go and see a sunrise over the Atlantic. Now, it takes about five hours to drive from Atlanta to the nearest Atlantic beach in Tybee Island. So about five and a half hours. So around midnight, we got in the car and began to drive through the wee hours of the morning. And we eventually arrived in an empty, sandy parking lot while it was still dark. And we went down to the beach. And there on that chilly spring morning, we took in the beauty of the sky as it began to light up, turning from deep blue into gray, then purple and pink. And then the clouds over the ocean turned orange and yellow. And then the sun finally peeked its head over the horizon. But here's what I learned. On the West Coast, after you watch a beautiful sunset, do you know what you do? You go to bed. When you watch a beautiful sunrise on the East Coast, you know what you do? You're supposed to rise and shine. The day has begun. We were sitting there in the full light of the morning, and I turned to Whitney, and I said, what do you want to do now? And she said, I want to take a nap. And so we went back to the car, and it was really hard to sleep because it was so bright that morning, and there were no coffee shops open yet. At dusk, it becomes harder and harder to see clearly, to distinguish a dog from a wolf, a friend from a foe. But at dawn, if you wait long enough, the rising sun will eventually give you the clarity you hope for. Throughout the 40 days of Lent, we have waited in a time of trial, getting little hints of hope along the way, like starlight in the night, hinting at the sun's coming. And on Friday evening, when we held our Good Friday Tenebrae service, it, it was so dark in here with the shutters closed and the lights off, it seemed like even the stars had been blotted out. Now, if you happen to enter the sanctuary that night from, from these stairs, you knew something that the others didn't. You knew that just downstairs, all of these Easter lilies were stacked up, <laughs> waiting to be brought up on Easter Sunday. The folks who came in the, the back door, they didn't know. But those of us who came up from below, even if you didn't see it, you certainly smelled the Easter lilies. There in the weighty darkness, I was reminded of two things. I was reminded to take my allergy medicine. <laughs> and that even in the darkness of that Good Friday night, when Jesus died upon the cross, Resurrection was coming. And now the sun has risen. 
It came like a flash of lightning, like morning sun on the snow, blindingly bright. The message of God comes. Jesus is not here in the tomb. He is risen. It's the moment we have waited for with those who have been in a time of uncertainty or longing or suffering or grief. Wait for the moment when God finally gives us perfect clarity about the good news that of all of our dark times, All of the times of waiting, all of the times of trial, they will eventually and inevitably be overcome by the risen sun. And so here, this morning, we are no longer between wolf and dog. We see clearly that it is neither wolf nor dog before us, but a good shepherd who knows his sheep. But let me set aside these metaphors and illustrations for just one moment to be crystal clear. Jesus had died. He was really dead. Not because he wanted to or because God wanted that for him, but because it was what had to be done. The world had to somehow experience the depth of its disconnection from God, how far we stray from what God made us to be. And I do mean us. The Apostle Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. The angel invites the two Marys to come and look at the tomb. The angel wants them to see the reality of of death. But when they go to see it, what do they see? They see new life. They hear good news. And the angel tells them, go quickly and tell the disciples. Jesus was killed, but his death was not the end. It was the beginning of something new. There was still hope when he went into the tomb, just like there were still lilies downstairs on Good Friday. It's not a fool's hope or some sort of false expectation, but the real hope that God would deliver, just as scripture has told us God delivers over and over again down through the ages. And so the angel says, go quickly, tell everyone. And in fact, Jesus is going ahead of you. He's already left. We're all playing catch-up this morning. Even now as we worship here, Jesus is showing us where we are to go. He had ridden triumphantly into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. He had gone into the temple. He had been taken to the governor's palace. He had been in the center of power. But where does he go now that he is risen? He goes to Galilee. He goes to the boonies out in the sticks where the townies and the immigrants and the prisoners are. He goes out to the places that power ignores, to be with the school shooting survivors and the queer kids, to be with the unemployed, to be with the prisoners in the jails, to be with those in cancer wards, those in funeral homes mourning the death of someone they love. Jesus does not come to be among the righteous. He goes to where the lost and the sorrowful are, and he wants us to follow him there. And then just to make sure, just to make sure that we got our instructions correct, there he appears, showing up face to face right there in front of the Marys, and gives them the same instructions one more time. This is not just a message from God, this is the message himself standing there, telling them, by his very being, that he is risen and that they must go.
And of course, this may not make a lot of sense to us. The idea of resurrection, if we are being honest, is very unbelievable. It makes no sense, especially to those of us who have known and shared the pain of death and grief here in this church many times this past year. But this morning, God is offering us a chance to trust in this good news that is clear, that is reliable, not just because the preacher preached it, but because the Spirit of Christ is here with us even now. I think the Reverend Matt Fitzgerald of St. Paul's UCC in Chicago puts this all very well in a recent essay he wrote. He says, the challenge is not to make sense of the Bible's logic. The challenge is to believe it. The challenge is finding a way to trust that we will all be knit back together, God's hands on the knitting needles, all of our once dead molecules reassembled, knit together in a single garment of destiny. And maybe today is is not the day that you can trust and believe in that. Maybe you still find yourself between wolf and dog in that liminal space, still wondering how to find a way to live. That's okay. But know that this morning God is offering you, is offering all of us a chance to hope again. Scripture teaches us in the book of Lamentations, a book of sorrows, that God's compassion does not fail. God's mercies are new every morning. And so this morning, when the sun had risen, they saw clearly. Jesus is alive. He's not finished with this world. He is not finished with you. Amen. Amen.